This episode of TGC Podcast is sponsored by Acts 29 with an invitation to their 2024 Next Conference happening April 15th through the 17th in Dallas, Texas. You don't want to miss this great lineup of speakers, including Sam Albury, Matt Chandler, Brian Loritz, John Piper, and more. The Next Conference will equip and encourage church planters and church leaders of all types for church ministry. To learn more and register for Next, visit acts29.com slash next. TGC podcast listeners will receive a special discount of $20 off registration prices by using the code TGC. Again, visit acts29.com slash next. That's acts29.com slash next. This episode of TGC Podcast is brought to you by Moody Publishers. Do you long for a close community? Do you feel lonely or isolated or that fellowship with other Christians should be easier and go deeper? In his new book, Dearly Beloved, pastor, author, and TGC council member Vermin Pierre examines Christ's love for his bride, the church, and aims to help readers understand and develop true fellowship with those around them. Learn how to love others well, practice presence, and develop unity in the church when you purchase your copy of Dearly Beloved by Vermin Pierre, now available at moodypublishers.com. This episode of the Gospel Coalition podcast is sponsored by Southern Seminary. The pastors of tomorrow won't need less theological training, they'll need more. That's why Southern exists, to provide deep, rich, and strong ministry preparation that endures. Southern Seminary, trusted for truth. Learn more at sbts.edu. This is the Gospel Coalition podcast, where we seek to renew the contemporary church in the ancient gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Colin Hansen. Today's podcast is a discussion with pastors Thomas Terry and Joshua Ryan Butler on what evangelistic methods they've found most effective. Yeah, well, one angle I've been thinking through this recently has been just the lens of hospitality, uh, extending the hospitality of God as sort of a phrase we've been using at, at our church. And a lot of that, you know, I think a lot of people today are lonely, are isolated, or we're way more connected than ever before online and those kind of things, but uh, often way more isolated. And the power of actually creating a space and welcoming people into it. So an example of that, a buddy of mine, John Crawford, had this idea, and he and I have just been, we're implementing it this month, actually, has been uh, taking all of our community groups. We have all these community groups that meet during the week, um, and basically taking a week off, so to speak. Uh, So the week before, we're prepping everyone on kind of hospitality and and how to do this. Uh, But then uh, taking a week off, we're actually, instead of gathering as a community that week, uh, individuals and families from the group are all intentionally praying over and inviting someone that they know over to their home for a meal, or if they don't have a good home, or so, you know they're going out to coffee or whatever. And uh, we've tried to equip them with some intentional questions they can ask, uh, not putting people on the spot, but actually to really get to know more about people's lives and what they believe and what they think, uh, with the goal of hospitality. And I think one of the things that we've found is I think people are hungry to be known and to actually have a space to share some of their story and their outlook on the world. And we want to bathe that in prayer. And so the week before going into it and the week after, uh, taking time to pray for those conversations, to pray for the people, to share together when we regather as communities with what took place there and uh, just see how God might move. You know, I think we often underestimate the power of prayer. 
Um, but I, when I first became a Christian, I remember talking to uh, this friend of mine who's an older gentleman, and he just seemed to always be having conversations with people about Jesus. And he was talking about us. He'd say, oh, yeah, I just had this great conversation with someone. And I, I asked him, I was like, how do you do that? Like, how do you do evangelism, you know? And he looked at me kind of strangely, and he's like, I just pray. I, I ask God every week, I pray, God, would you bring me the right person to speak to you, would you make me attentive to where I can recognize the time? Would you give me the words to say? And uh, and God responded to those prayers. And so those themes of like hospitality and prayer, I, I think can be some helpful inroads for us with evangelism today. Yeah, that's good. I mean, in the same way, when you talk about evangelism and hospitality, um, I, I think those are great opportunities to engage with culture. Um, I also think intentional investment, uh, and what I mean by that is um, being intentional with going to the same barber, spending concentrated time with the same barber, sitting in the barber's chair uh, every three weeks and just kind of talking about life, and that's somewhat hospitality. More like every three months for me, but yeah. Yeah, well, you don't know what that looks like, but at the end of the day... um, You'll find that when you are engaging intentionally with the same people, or maybe it's a barista, Mm. um, they begin to uh, open up. They begin to talk to you a lot more. They don't feel like uh, the conversation is abrasive. I'm not challenging their worldview right out of the gate. It's much more of a relational dynamic that happens over the course of three, four months where you're able to, one, talk about things that uh, they resonate with, uh, significance, beauty, creativity, uh, the transcendence, all these things, or, or work, vocation, things that are uh, more neutral in, in terms of the playing field. But then out of those things, um, just being intentional about how you get to Jesus. Uh, and so that would only happen by virtue of spending intentional concentrated time with people uh, to make those connections. I mean, I think of a barista uh, that I, I go to a barista a coffee shop every week. Every Sunday, I frequent this one coffee shop, um, and we talk about hip-hop. This barista talks to me about hip-hop, and we've had meaningful conversations that surrounded hip-hop artists and hip-hop lyrics But we've gotten to Jesus and we've talked about significance and justice and truth and morality and and lifestyle, all because I was intentional about going to this coffee shop every single Sunday uh, and having meaningful conversations with a barista. So it's very much like hospitality, um, um, but also very intentional with my time and where I invest it and with whom I invest it. That's good. Uh, I think related to that, one idea for me lately, too, has just been the significance of the power of one. You know, just the, the power of one that often I think we hear evangelism and we think we got to preach to the masses or whatever. You know, I'm not saying that's bad, but I think we can underestimate the significance and power of one person. Often the best evangelists, I think, are people who are new to the faith. Mm-hmm. We think you got to have all the equipping, all the training, or whatever. But uh, we see this in the story of the, the woman at the well, where Jesus encounters this one woman, uh, invests in her. There's uh, intentionality in, in his conversation uh, with her. He, he speaks into her life in a profound way. She encounters Christ, and she runs into her village, into her town, saying, come mm-hmm. see this person who knows everything about me. Like, uh, and, and her 
uh, encounter with Jesus, she's able to actually do more evangelistically coming off the heels of that encounter with Christ than uh, the disciples uh, as a whole maybe could have done in that, that town or that area. And so I, I think sometimes we, we can get maybe intimidated by the bigness of the vision, but there's just the power of that one barista, that one barber. You mentioned, yeah, the barber. I, I love my barber. We have a long relationship, and, and he's, uh, even though I only see him every three months or so, but <laughs> he's awesome. We've had great conversations about faith, and even when stuff, he had some hard stuff come up in his life, and I was so honored to be one of the people he called to, like, come be with him in that and all. And, um, but, yeah, the power of one, what God can do through that one person when they do come to him. Yeah, when you spend uh, time with one person, inevitably what you're going to find is that something in their life is broken, and there's a simple way to get to Jesus because Jesus is the one thing that can make what is broken in their life right. And so having that one conversation with that one person at the right time, prayerfully engaging with them, it's a really effective way to do evangelism, especially in a context like Portland. Uh, people are just not trying to hear you if you come out of the gate swinging about Jesus. They just won't hear you. They won't listen to you. Uh, and in many cases, they don't even really know who Jesus is. So you have to have this relational dynamic established before you can even get to Jesus. You've been listening to the Gospel Coalition podcast. For more gospel-centered resources, visit thegospelcoalition.org. Support for this podcast comes from listeners like you. Learn more and join us at tgc.org slash donate.